Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into today's podcast, make sure you like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. So, Brad, what a week it's been. I always like it when I make you redo an intro. It makes you all annoyed and you speed through it. It's quite funny. Yeah. I don't like it because it was <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the first one. Uh, but if you don't mind, I'm tired out from all the football this week. It's infuriated me and has intrigued me at the same time. I mean, obviously, in the Premier League, we've had games every day since Tuesday. Um, a lot of actions happened in all the day's worth of fixtures. I mean, we look back on Tuesday, you see the carnage that happened at St. James's Park. Then you go to Wednesday, you look at what happened between Tottenham and Southampton and even the goal fest involving your villa and then last night you have uh, the action that took place at Molyneux with Martinelli getting sent off but yeah a very busy week for Premier League action yeah there's enough to go through and not enough time to do it in so carry on <laughs> yes um, we'll start off though with Liverpool versus Leicester and it was a comfortable to say the least, for Jurgen Klopp's side. It, well, it felt like that, didn't it? <laughs> they didn't yeah. really trouble Liverpool that much, from what I saw, at least. Mm, I mean, Leicester, in that whole 90 minutes, had one shot on target. Like Maybe 10 years ago, I would say that's something normal for Leicester to achieve against Liverpool. However, in this day and age, them only having one shot on target is really strange and the fact that they were just so dominated by Jurgen Klopp's side is really strange to see and it makes my point of this uh, last few weeks of what is going on with Leicester and could this possibly be the end of Brendan Rodgers' case more strong? Potentially. I mean, it feels like at this point it just keeps going downhill and downhill even more. It's like watching some of the skiing and the Winter Olympics. <laughs> yes. Um, admittedly, though, they do have games in hand. I mean, they have two games in hand over Crystal Palace, who are below them in 13th in the league, and three games in hand over uh, some at the top four. But you just look at them and... You'd, I just don't know whether they would win them games. But you have to look at how they started the game. Like that defensive line it was rumored to be Amate and Indeedy as the centre backs, with yeah, James Justin who's not long come back from a long term injury, and then Luke Thomas who they rate, but I don't know if he is actually good enough to make it in the Premier League. So it brings mm. a lot of concern. And you see, yeah. like, was it both of their centre backs are on the bench? Yeah, Yannick Vestergaard and Kelly Siontu were on the bench, and I looked at that. And initially, I because I know you sent me the message, and I was like, "Wait, what do you mean? Um, they've got injuries?" Because I didn't pay it. I didn't look at the bench at the time. But then afterwards, I was like, "Wait, they've got both their main centre backs in on the bench, and Vestergaard, who they invested in heavily this past uh, year." to be their centre-back because of injuries they had and they don't start them was just very puzzling from uh, Brendan Rodgers. He's, he's still like a Wesley Fofana that 
bigger miss? Is that the issue? Because I mean, unless there's another guy out that I haven't realised. Uh, Johnny Evans is the other defender can, out. Johnny Evans, that's it. So, yeah, Fafana and Evans is probably the main start. Well, although maybe it's Solange, but Solange has been going downhill ever since like the Euros. Remember, he had a very bad Euros with Turkey. Yeah, he was really bad there, and he just has carried it on. I mean, it's just so baffling how bad Leicester are. I mean, just a few stats to uh, pick your brains at. So they've won two of their last Premier League, uh, last eight Premier League games. I mean, admittedly, uh, their form prior to that wasn't really something to write home about, but it was still. Uh, not as bad as this. They were humiliated in the FA Cup by Nottingham Forest. Jamie Vardy's still their top goal scorer in the league and he's been injured all of 2022 and hasn't scored since their game on the 28th of November. Like, this is really worrying times for Brendan Rodgers' side when you look at that. Yeah, and dare I say, like, from a club standpoint, it shows that maybe they've over-relied now too much on someone like Jamie Vardy, especially when you've got someone like Kalichi Nacho, who clearly he's good enough to be playing a lot more than he is. Hmm. You know, Patson Dakar has his moments as well. I just feel like the time with Vardy is pretty much done, and he's not really a star yeah. for them. Yeah. I mean, it is just so concerning. Like, they heavily invested in their forward line yet it hasn't paid off for them which is a rare thing for them lately because they've been pretty spot on with their recruitment the last few seasons Mm. yeah I mean another thing as well though uh, I I didn't know this stat until I looked afterwards but uh, on the BBC it says they haven't kept a clean sheet away from home since the 7th of February last year it's almost as bad as Watford it was the, yeah. the start that came out. Watford hadn't got a clean sheet like thirty-one games. Yeah, it turns out Leicester are just as bad. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is away from home, but that's still really bad to see. And uh, a team like Leicester, there's got to be question marks over this whole situation. And then you look forward for them; their fixture list don't doesn't get any easier. Like they no, have I some. Seen uh, the, I haven't seen the fixture list for. They're not going down. It's not going to be that drastic, but their season feels like it's petering out. Like a few teams yeah, it's, we'll get into. Yeah, it's kind of like on a knife edge of... They've still obviously can win silverware with the European Conference League, but at the same time, this wouldn't surprise me if this was Brendan Rodgers' last season with them. Well, maybe, but maybe that's where their focus is. Maybe they're going all out on the Conference League to get back into the Europa League. Hmm. Um, I mean, anyway, a joke. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. that was just. I, I don't know. I don't know whether that is something's the... off. Like something is really off with Leicester from what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, back on the game itself, Diogo Jota scoring uh, the two goals for Jurgen Klopp's side. I mean, the fact that they still have Mane and Salah to come back. Obviously, Salah came on for the last half an hour yesterday. Uh, it's just showing the incredible depth that Klopp has. Um, main problem is though there is still the gap between themselves and City obviously it's now down to nine points and they still have a game in hand but 
it's good to see that Jurgen Klopp has got a good fruitful selection of uh, forward players. Yeah, it's more of a sign that they're going to maybe try and challenge next season. It's, it's, they're looking for the future now. Like Luis Diaz has come in and he's already shown a good impact. Mm. They're obviously and getting Harvey Elliott back as well. Yeah, Joss is going from strength to strength. So it's really mm. difficult because you can't play all four of them. Yeah. And I, mean, I say all four, I mean, I mean Mane, Salah, Diaz and Jossa. Yeah, because I mean, I think we all are pretty much set in stone that it'll be Firmino that loses out and probably ends up being sold this summer. Well, who knows? We could see any one of the others go. Like the transfer well, yeah. window works in mysterious ways. Not so much Jossa Def- or D- Diaz, obviously, but Salah maybe stays. I don't know. Mane possibly. Goes, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's not worth trying to uh, do guesses this early in the year. But yeah, do comfortable like win. No, nah. unfortunately for you. Uh, but yeah, on the outlook on the whole, easy win for Jurgen Klopp's side, and uh, they'll be hoping for a much tougher task uh, this weekend as they face uh, Burnley on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, if we know what Burnley like, are like against yeah. Liverpool, yeah, bogey team almost, and Dice just loves it against Klopp. Mm. Oh yeah, he really does love just pushing Klopp over the edge. He has he has his number. I'm not <laughs> saying that phrase because you know that the phrase rent free made actually pisses me off a little bit. Now. Oh yeah, it, it's overused too much nowadays, and just like sh- come on, it gets. Annoying. They just come up with something new. It's a bit like me when it comes to uh, the award at the end of the show. It's like you saying "I mean" every time you answer a question. I give. I was going to do it then as a joke. Right. Uh, what are we looking at next then? You'd have done it even not knowing. So. Oh, hundred percent. I would have done. And that you gotta that one as well. <laughs> right. What's the next game then? I said, just, this podcast is about criticising you now, isn't it? It seems to be the way. Jesus. Well, if you want to criticise something, you can now criticise Everton Football Club because, yeah, they are one and truly in the relegation battle right now. I mean, you've summed it up perfectly. They are deeply in this relegation fight now. Losing 3-1 to Newcastle. Looked all over the place. And it's... I know it's too early in Frank's tenure to raise question marks, but you look at the team and they just... I don't know. They're not a team, are they? Well, I don't know. Either the manager bounce has already ended or it's yet to start, which is a weird one that doesn't happen. The way the manager bounce works is it doesn't happen at the middle. Yeah, like, that's possibly the worst time because you could either be going so far down that he could be already looking over his shoulder and you don't want that to be happening or it'll be going quite well and then like you see the downward spike and yeah it's not something you want to see but then you look um, at the performance on Wednesday and I, I don't know what to say about it and is it I don't know if it's just a case of fitness issues but Deli Ali and Donny van der Beek still didn't feature is that a weird one well, I know Ali came off the bench so did Van der Beek later on in the game. 
Oh, did he? Wow, it's still weird. Yeah. Why are they only factoring in at that point? I think I think it's one of them over the next two three games before we hit the March international break. You'll see them get more minutes, and you'll see them starting because I genuinely don't remember the last time Donny van der Beek played for Manchester United, like coming off the bench wise and. Same with Deli Ali for Spurs. I feel like his last contribution may have been in the uh, Europa Conference League before Christmas. And I'd seen people were criticising Ali's performance like straight away. It's like, come on, come on, mm. give him a chance at least. Yeah. Um, a weird minute in this game was the first two goals. Uh, Jamal Lasalle's own game. Goal. The whole game was weird if you'd seen some of the moments that happened. I just. I mean, I have seen. I say weird, but it's Joel Linton was being Joel Linton. Yeah, it was just a game of two really poor teams, but it was a battle of who could be the worst, and Everton won that battle pretty comfortably in the second half. Was another one moment. Pickford kicks it up in the air, and you think the fullback's just going to hit that nicely. He then miss kicks it, and it goes out for a corner somehow. Yeah, and you just like like that is Sunday league football. Right there, after you've had a few points on the Saturday evening, not Premier League professional level, like it was awful. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Jordan Pickford just seems to have a horrible time in Newcastle every time he's down there. Wouldn't have to do with uh, the club he was formerly at, would it? He might have something to do with that, but it's also that he gives it back, and it, that just makes it look worse when it goes wrong for him. Which is nine times out of ten. Exactly. When he's back up there. <laughs> Although we have to absolutely admire the shootouts with the fan wearing the T-Rex outfit in the crowd. <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, that might be the greatest thing to have happened at a football game. I want to know: Did he go through the turnstiles in it, or did he like come in and put it on and then go out to his seat in it? Either way, that's dedication. <laughs> I'd almost admire him more if he went for the turnstiles in it. Just because just there on the gates of this. Massive T Rex comes up. What? What do you want, mate? Oh, please don't. It's not with the accents. <laughs> it's bad enough when you do oh, your Aussie actually, accent. That was actually okay, though. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't your worst, but. Who would you have seen? <laughs> um, back on the game for a second. So the first two goals in the space of 60 seconds of each other, one apiece, were own goals, Lascelles and Holgate. And. Both players assisted each other for the goals, which I don't think has ever happened in Premier League history. I don't know. All I cared about was it was nice to see Matt Target do something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everton, Everton, Everton. I don't even know where to go with them anymore. Like 12 losses on the season now. And next up for them, Leeds United. I mean, they genuinely could end up being in the relegation zone in the next few weeks I could end up in it this weekend because I don't think Leeds is an easy one trust me I found that one out well yeah we can get onto your lot in a second but yeah if they go down they will be absolute riots on Merseyside yeah this would almost rather I remember when we went down that's Villa oh look yeah bingo it wasn't it was coming Mm. We like we had the long few seasons where it was like, well, it just put us out of our misery now because we're not getting any better. A bit like Stoke this, this, when this they is... eventually got relegated. Oh, slightly. 
I guess I want to say Wigan actually I think Wigan's a better example mm. but yeah this is just sudden with Everton they weren't up there last season and now they're yeah. they might just about survive it if they're lucky mm. I mean again similar with uh, Leicester City they're fortunate enough to have games in hand over those around them but doesn't help if you don't, don't... them though well yeah and I don't see where everything are going to pick up points from in the next few weeks. It's just shocking to see how badly they're falling. And it's going to be a very interesting last uh, quarter and a bit of the season for them. Well, depends, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Right, um, where should we head off to now? Well, I feel like if we were mentioning Leeds, we have to talk about that game Wednesday. I mean, just pure craziness. Uh, 3-3 game between your Aston Villa and Leeds United. You were 3-1 up just on the stroke of half-time before Dan James pulls one back after obviously scoring earlier on in the game. And I was thinking, surely Villa can't be losing this. Like, the way Coutinho was playing in this game, it was beautiful to see and I thought he yeah. could give that bit of magic for you it really did like, I wish I was there in person to see it because it felt like he controlled everything and he just pushed us forward mm. it was like he was back to his we've not, yeah, we sort of think the guy do things that we hadn't seen anyone do for quite a while actually like, there was a grease just quite early was but Coutinho is just different oh yeah and I love the fact that uh, what Gerard said after the game just summed it up perfectly. Like, if you don't like watching Coutinho play, then you need to stop watching football. Like, if you don't like Coutinho, you must be a Manchester United fan. Well, not even because I can admire Coutinho. You're like barely he... a Manchester United fan anymore. <laughs> I mean, after these last ten years of pain, who would be a Man United fan? The way Luton but... are going in the Championship, you're a Luton fan now. <laughs> Um, but on this game, yeah, Coutinho's magic was oh, a sight to behold. And it just makes you wonder what happened with him at Barcelona. Was it their whole club in a shit for all or was it just a wrong fit at the wrong time? I think he's just a player that needs confidence. He's yeah. a player who needs someone with an arm around his shoulder, like someone you know, as Steven Gerrard, his former teammate. Someone he's looked up to. He's been very vocal about how he looked up to someone like Steven Gerrard. Yeah. you just got to give him freedom. Yep, and it seems to be working so far for him, uh, uh, this Aston Villa team. It would be the most Villa thing ever. Obviously, he does great in this low move. We then buy him, and then we see the Coutinho at Barcelona. (laughs) I mean, that is always the problem when you do have like the loan with the option to buy... Like they can be phenomenal in the six months or a season, however long you have them. Obviously, we continue at six months, and then you buy him. And next season, like you say, we see back to Barcelona, continue, and then that's worrying signs for Aston Villa. But of course, I still want us to sign him. Oh yeah, I mean, forty million. I'd be handing out. That's a bit less than that, actually. Just slightly less. But I think that might have been forty million euros. Who knows, because the rest of the attack looks just as decent and it all comes from the Steven Gerrard region that is Jacob Ramsey. I mean, he has, like you say, he looks like a new man under Steven Gerrard. 
you know what it is? Even on the Smith, he showed signs, but he never really pushed forward. Like, he sort of mm. stayed where he was. Jekyll's just giving him the loss to go forward, and he looks unreal. Yeah, I think he, again, he's another one type of man, uh, player that could do with the manager's arm around him and say, look, I believe in your qualities, go and show them. And he has definitely done that since uh, Jared's been appointed. He's put an arm around him and gone, look, son, do you remember that Jack Grealish? Don't be him. You can be him, but better. You could be what he could have become. <laughs> but yeah, um, a strange factor out of this game was uh, this was the first time in over a decade that uh, two players had scored a brace a in a decade. Sorry, uh, that two players had scored in the first half of a game since uh, 2011 when it was Wolves versus Tottenham. So there's a oh. little stat for you all. Oh, that's nice. Who cares? All I want to say <laughs> is it, it was exactly the game that just summed up our season and probably Leeds as well. Like the quality of the attack that gets you very excited and then the defence that just wants to make you bang your head against the wall. Yep. And I know we, I joked about it at the start of the week about both of you potentially being drawn into a relegation battle but after seeing Everton this past week I can safely say you aren't getting drawn into that now I get, we're, we're not great but we're not awful thank god yeah. <laughs> just a few because it's the mistakes are coming from the same area mm. oh my god I hate criticising Tyron Rings he's an amazing bloke but it's always him it's just always him Yes, maybe he should start walking around with a t-shirt saying, why always me? He should start learning how to win headers against players that are five foot seven. Yeah, that that's embarrassing. Uh, he didn't even go there. It's like he didn't realise he was there. He just let him head it in. It's, it's, Dan James has walked between two of our defenders and somehow headed it in. Which is not a sentence I would have thought anyone would have said 12 months ago. Or even... We make Dan James look like someone that United would regret selling. Uh, we can get on to Manchester United in a second or two but yeah it is them ones you think to yourself like you can see the promising of ah okay I can see us potentially growing into a consistent top 10 team in the future but then you see defensive stuff like that and you're like actually we're still quite a bit away from being that consistent top half finish Yeah, if defensive mistakes keep happening yeah, and I think with Gerard as well, he'll know that someone like Tyron Mings isn't the long-term solution, so we'll probably look for a centre-back in the summer. But that's what it consistently yeah. seems to be now. Oh, we'll just buy a replacement in the summer. We've been crying out for a defensive midfielder for three seasons, we haven't done that. Yeah, but Man United were crying out for a right-winger for ten years, or more so. Join the club. Not as the right-winger there. Not. You're, you're like just a shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... We've been curtailing around them. We might as well talk about them uh, now. United, Jesus Christ. They are fucking awful. We just, can I add in, they are horrendous. Like You're trying to defend this result before we started recording, but come on, you can't be trying to get to the bottom of the table, Burnley. No. And for those that well, obviously you didn't hear it, I've been calling Burnley the draw specialist of the Premier League this season because they've drawn 11 of their games. Well, you call them that all you want. It's literally proven. Mm, but... Yeah, United are just woeful. Like, I don't know what the hell is needed to happen. I just want this season to end quick enough. Yeah, so, you, well, 
Oh, did they just called, oh, would you rather take seventh in Europe Conference League or no Europe at all? Honestly, I'd I'd take a season out of Europe just so we can f- focus solely on improving in the league and obviously the other two competitions aren't really too important. Obviously, you want to win a trophy where possible, but the whole squad just needs right rooting out and I've said it a few weeks ago we need to get the manager in early transfers right deadwood out and just focus on becoming a better team and if that means a year out of Europe then so be it if we can maybe add something because there hasn't been the line this week of the rumoured manager appointments it's between Poch and Eric Ten Hag mm. sorry like that well the players want Pochettino yeah and Rangnick wants Ten Hag I think if there's anything that you've learned from Manchester United, it's don't listen to the players. Well, yeah. Uh, however, I did see a report um, just before we jumped on recording from the Telegraph um, that was saying that if Pochettino does become United manager, he wants the club to try and bring in Harry Kane. Which, I mean, would I take Harry Kane at the they club? Don't, they learn nothing. They learn nothing. Mm. There, there. It is the same old, same old uh, runabout problems for United, but yeah. Poor result again. Again, they heavily heavily dominated, like they did last weekend against uh, Middlesbrough, but just can't capitalise on their chances. Mm. Is that, uh, should we run through the results and then look at the games for the weekend? Yep. So elsewhere on Tuesday, the only other game we didn't speak about there was West Ham beat uh, Watford one nil with Jared Bowen scoring the sole goal of the game. Norwich and Crystal Palace drew one apiece. Manchester City beat Brentford 2-0. Arsenal hung on to beat uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1-0 despite Gabriel Martinelli probably getting the two quickest uh, yellow cards in Premier League history. Well, you, you said that in the same game that Raul Jimenez was playing. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Who's was quicker, Jimenez's or Martinelli's last night? Remember, he, he got booked and then he stopped the free kick and then subsequently got the second yellow straight after I've not seen the Martinelli ones apparently they're a bit harsh the thing is though I I didn't watch the game I will admit um, however I have seen uh, the incidents and for me they're both bookable offences like the first one he like shoulder barges the uh, Spurs player no sorry the Wolves player like off the pitch and it's a definite yellow card and then the second one again he pushes the player through the back and again for me they're both bookable offences and you'll get the same old argument oh, um, it should only be like one yellow card for the foul not just like two quick yellow ones uh, because of like them being fouls but th- nowhere in the rules does it say like you should only give out one yellow card if they're both bookable offences you have the right to book them and I think Yes, it might be strange to see that, but yeah, I think the referee has done the right to think in sending him off. Yeah, maybe. I, I can't add an opinion. I've not seen the incidents, so I'll take your word for it. All I've seen is Ruben Neves' comments after the game and talk about how Arsenal celebrated a lot they'd won the league or something. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, so, so much pettiness. Yeah, I mean, that guy just loves being a child in recent uh, months in terms of that stuff. Arsenal are allowed to celebrate like that. Have you seen Arsenal the last few games? Well, yeah. I mean, 
they have been uh, woeful in the Premier League. Uh, right, let's turn our attention now to this weekend's games. Um, the only teams that aren't playing this weekend are Chelsea and Arsenal. That's due to Chelsea being in the Middle East playing in the Club World Cup where they play Palmeiras in the final. Um, Fixture-wise this weekend, nothing on Saturday that would make you write home about and go, oh, that's a definite must-watcher. I don't know, Manchester United against Southampton will have my eyes on it. Mm. <sighs> like, we didn't really talk about Southampton beating Spurs, which was, I guess, a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, I think we can add someone on that. It was strange to see, because obviously Spurs were leading the game for, uh, like, a good period of time and you'd think ah oh, they were going to win but then uh, Southampton being resilient as they have been and Spurs getting a goal disallowed in added time due to Bergwijn being offside it just sums up the Premier League doesn't it the one day of normal Barclays that's all we <laughs> yeah I mean I, they had a 10 minute period Spurs leading 2-1 you're thinking okay they're going to win this comfortably James Woodprouse had other ideas, setting up both Mo El Yanusi and Shea Adams to give uh, them the three-two lead, and then eventually uh, hold on for the win. But yeah, a good win for the Saints. Spurs again. It's a very strange season for them. It is. I think they're still implementing the Conte system. Yeah, clearly they're still trying to work out as well who's. They're starting eleven, really. I feel like they might need another forward option mm. in the summer. And obviously, if those rumours that I did say about Kane, if he did potentially, but that, that, that's bollocks. no, no, no. I know <laughs> that's not going to happen. I know it isn't. But let's just say in a world because obviously there's all possibilities of it happening. But if that does happen, then they would need someone else as well. Like they can't just be going out and getting the one striker. You have to be getting two in at least. Um, but yeah. Looking ahead to this weekend's fixtures, Man United, Southampton, I don't know what Man United team will show up. Because if you remember, I think this was the reverse fixture around this time last year, United won 9-0 uh, at Old Trafford. Was it this time last year? I thought it was the season before that. Was it? I, I thought it was last year. I forgot if it COVID ball. It was COVID football, no fans in the stadium. Yeah, it could have been last season because fans... Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It feels, it feels like ages ago. I don't want to remember COVID football. <sighs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for a more clinical United, is what I'll say, rather than dominant. I'd rather be just hoping for Cristiano Ronaldo to actually show. Mm. Uh, elsewhere, because he's playing trash. Yeah. Um, Everton leads. We spoke about it partially. It's a big. Um, it's not even. Technically, it is a relegation six pointer, but not involving leads in that sense because Everton need to win this game. Because if uh, Newcastle gets something against your Aston Villa this weekend, they're going to be right down there. And obviously Watford as well. Uh, they play at home to Brighton. Again, it's a game that could potentially get something out. And then even Burnley, we spoke about it not too long ago, about Sean Dyche being the kryptonite to Jurgen Klopp in recent years. We could see Everton really in a... Uh, Scrap, and that's why it is such an important game for them this weekend. Yeah, obviously, I'm hoping we'll be able to help them out a little bit and beat Newcastle, but I am worried. Yeah, I mean, the only bit of 
potential good news is uh, Kieran Tri oh, in the Villa front. This is not for Newcastle. Kieran Trippier could miss the game. Uh, Thuringe is going to be like a late decision call. However, um, Eddie Howell was speaking in his. So you mean he'll miraculously recover? Mm. And Eddie Howell was speaking in his pre-match press conference saying that uh, Bruno uh, Grimmerish could potentially start as well. So, just asking for a masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit uh, worrying signs for you is there. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, we have Brentford Crystal Palace, which I think could be a really good game for a neutral. Uh, Watford play Brighton, and then the evening kickoff is Norwich versus Manchester City. Now, although Norwich have been on the rise this past couple of months under Dean Smith, I think Pep Guardiola's side will bring them back down to earth just a little bit. I think he will, but Dino has got a bit of a record of giving Man City a a nice game yeah or two I don't think he other than the 6-1 a couple of years ago but that team was awful for that one mm. like he's not got a bad run well no he has got a bad run he's never beat us. <laughs> but he <laughs> <laughs> gives it a go bless him <laughs> Jesus Christ you're making him sound like a child well done uh, you give it a go you didn't quite do it but you still gave it a go hey listen as someone with West Brom fans of the family you better get used to that song yeah. Let's not talk about them for fuck's sake. They're awful. Um, but yeah, it, I don't think it'll be as damning as previous Man City Norwich games have been, but I still think City will win. And then we look forward. Are you actually forgetting the last time Man City went to Carrow Road? Yes. I believe this was the one when Norwich beat them. Was it? I think so. Unless they played after that. Okay. Which might have happened, to be fair. I can't remember. It's, it seems like that long ago. Um, Sunday's fixtures we have Burnley, Liverpool as we spoke about Tottenham versus Wolves Newcastle at Aston Villa and then it all finishes with Leicester City versus West Ham at half past four which I actually can't complain for a half four game for once it's not bad yeah there's a lot to be intrigued about but uh, let's move to the European games now yeah uh, we'll start off over in Italy um, because there's not many good games elsewhere Saturday sees Napoli play into Milan, a very big game at the top of the table. Um, one point separating the two sides. Obviously, Inter still have that game in hand over Napoli, but oh, I think this is going to be a real uh, good game and I think potentially could decide who goes on and wins the league. Well, maybe. Who knows? Mm, um, obviously, Inter will want to get back to winning ways after losing the Milan derby last week, so they'll be hoping for better results. Speaking of AC Milan, they play host to Sampdoria on Sunday, and the other big game this weekend is on Sunday evening as Atalanta play Juventus in a battle for that last Champions League spot there in Italy. Over in Spain this weekend, Real Madrid, they travel to Villarreal on Saturday lunchtime and again the weird time of 3.15 I just hate them kickoffs. why quarter past the hour is that an OCD thing kicking in weird yeah it, it's just kick off the either 20 past or at 3 o'clock just round it yeah. up <laughs> uh, second place Sevilla they play host to Elche tonight uh, third place Real Betis they travel to Levante Barcelona are involved in a derby as they play Espanyol 
and Atletico Madrid play host to Hetafe this weekend. Over in Germany, Bayern Munich, they travel to Bochum on Saturday lunchtime. By, uh, Borussia Dortmund don't play until Sunday lunchtime against Union Berlin. Bayer Leverkusen play Stuttgart and tonight's fixture sees RB Leipzig take on Cologne. And finally, over in France, league leaders PSG, they play Rennes, who are in fifth place uh, tonight. Then Marseille, they are travelling to Metz on Sunday evening. And finally, third place, Nice, they play Lyon on Saturday evening, which could be a very good game to watch. It's a nice one for the new show, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before we get to my favourite part, let's go for the predictions league. Yes, so we forgot to mention it on Monday's show, but um, because of how awful we did, but there was only one point from us. Prefer not to speak if a speaker with a big show. Yeah, um, there's only one point, and that was me predicting that Everton would win. One point? Yeah. That was just awful. Disgrace. So, what are the six games you got for us this week as it's your turn to pick them? Okay, I will redeem myself because I'm having a very bad few weeks. I'm, it's always like last season all over again. Yes. So game one, I want you to predict Brentford against Crystal Palace. Um, I think it's going to be a score draw, and for that reason, I'm going to go with one-one. Oh, we've started early. <laughs> Why have we? You also gone one-all. I have also gone for a one-one in this. Okay. Yeah, in game two, I want you to predict Everton against Leeds. Um, I'm sorry, Frank Lampard and Co. But I'm going with Leeds to win this game two one. You've gone for the close two one. I've gone for three one to Leeds. So we're expecting Everton to be in and around the relegation zone then after this weekend. Yes. <laughs> and game three, I want you to predict Tottenham versus Wolves. Spurs versus Wolves. Oh. God, I, I don't know what Spurs are going to show up. I really don't. Um, I'm going to go for them to win 2-1. See, I don't think there will be a win in this. I'm saying 1-1. I was tempted to go for a 1-1 draw, but I think they'll get a goal late on in the game. Stephen Bergvine late win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this time it will be counted. Yeah. Well, you can, you can only hope. Mm. And for European games, I want you to predict first Napoli against Inter Milan. Uh, I am expecting the Nizuri to win this one, so I am going for Inter Milan to win 3 2. I've also gone for Inter Milan, but I'm saying 2 1. Okay. What else you got for us then, European wise? Okay. Really wasn't blessed with much choice, was I? But I went for the Bundesliga. Mm hmm. And I noticed that it is Borussia Dortmund coming up against the surprised fourth place, Union Berlin. Yeah, uh, they have been definitely the surprise this season in uh, the Bundesliga. Like you say, I don't think many people would expect... you said they're the surprise, but weren't we saying Freiburg were the surprise like a couple of weeks ago? Okay, well, they're both two teams that are having much better seasons. They're having much better seasons than uh, anyone expected. And I'm going to go for a... 2-2 2-2 draw oh again we've matched I've also gone for a 2 mm. and the final game for us this weekend Leon Nice in Liege 1 
Um, oh, I'm going to go with Leon to win 2 1. I've also gone for a 2 2 in this one. Interesting. Um, a reminder that there is just the three points between us. You're on 74, I'm on. Points. Yep, I'm on 71 after my incredible form over the last couple of weeks and your dreadful form. Uh, fantasy, as we always include like an extra point in that. Have you made any you changes? How uh, did you I got, do, first off? I got 48 points this past week. Oh, it's a nice glorious 65 from me. Yeah, so you're back to above 100 points gap. It's now uh, 103 points, the gap. Lovely stuff. I made a one change, I believe. I'm trying to remember who it was. I believe I took Ollie Watkins out and I put Alan St. Maxman in. Jesus. Um, I actually haven't that made shouldn't my... be given. That shouldn't be given as a sign of how I think the game on Sunday is going to go. Stop it. Hmm. I mean, I don't really how have... How am I supporting Newcastle in this? I'm not hoping for a St. Maxman hat-trick. Hmm. I mean, I haven't actually made my changes yet because I completely forgot about them. I... Uh... And it doesn't help that I've got two Arsenal players in and amongst my squad because they aren't playing this weekend and I also have Aspilicueta and then there's injury doubts to Alex Tellers and Ivan Turney. So I haven't made changes yet, but I will make them before the weekend uh, gets underway. Yeah, well, if we have to move on from this now because it's time for the best part of the show. My word! That is quite something! I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! It's been a few weeks since we've heard Ray Hudson uh, do that scream at the end. Has it been a few weeks? Well, it's only been one week. I'm pretty sure we did it last week, didn't we? No. I don't know. We're firmly in the awards season now, this week. It's been the Brit Awards this week. Makaya Saka's earned up. We're mm-hmm. Uncle Ian, right? Yep. So that. This isn't the nomination, but I was just saying it. <laughs> I was about to say it. Um, that's it's also been the strange. Oscar nominations as well. Yes, it has. I mean, I don't really pay attention to the Oscars, but uh, I did I, see... I was a bit gutted. The, did you see the nominations for Best Documentary? Were we nominated? Well, Harry's in the FA Cup, but unfortunately missed out. Always next year. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Go on, then. What have you but, got uh, for us this week, then? Like, now to this week's piece jury, that is quite something award winner, and it comes from the Ukrainian Second Division. Yes, I do happen to know the story that you're about to tell us. Yeah, so FC Policia were playing friendly and coming off the bench to make his debut in the 75th minute, you'd think they would have just an average footballer to come on, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, not many famous Ukrainian people uh, that are known. So, like you say, you wouldn't expect anything special. We know Andrei Shevchenko recently lost his job so I wouldn't expect him to be back playing anytime soon but you would at least think it would be a footballer yeah why wouldn't it be a footballer yeah. that would be really strange it, unless you need a bit of muscle in your team you know a bit, a bit of power a bit of, bit of fight a bit of fight you call on world heavyweight boxing champion Alexander Usyk <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it, what else do you say? I don't know what to say to this. I know what to say. I'm Phil. I'm Phil. Hmm. 
I feel like you don't understand that reference. No. Well, uh, I'm going to have to leave it's it there. That's the answer he always gives. Like, you ask him at a press conference how he's feeling. He just goes, I'm Phil. I'm Phil. He's not very charismatic. He's no Tyson Fury. Well, I'd hope not. It was just quite funny. Did you at least see the clips of him playing? The size of him compared to everyone else. I didn't see any of the clips of him playing, but I did see um, the bit where he was about to come on. So obviously you see normal players when they're getting substitution. There was was a moment where one player had gone on a long run and all he has to do is send the ball through and it was six then throw on goal. But then he (laughs) fails and the guy gets fouled. And it's, yeah, just (laughs) funny. (laughs) I mean, that's no surprise uh, that he doesn't do much. But yeah, a very uh, strange thing to see. And he actually. Can I give an honourable mention? Me. Go on. So, I think an honourable mention, deservingly, is the video of the. What did I say? Was it the Cologne manager? Of him at home. Yes, that video, yeah. Oh, uh, I think it was Cologne's manager, yeah, after he tested positive for. Uh, Covid, he obviously had to stay at home and couldn't be on the touchline for their game this week. And his daughter videoed uh, him during the game, watching the game, and it was very passionate, to say the least. It was pretty much all of us during well, yeah. Covid times watching a football. He at least had a therapy dog with him, and it's made me want a petition to go around every touchline now must have some sort of therapy animal. Although, keep cats away from West Ham United. Yeah, for God's sake, don't let them have a cat. Give them a hamster. Mm. <laughs> what, your hamster? I don't know. Don't give them any animals. It's, it doesn't pay very well, does it? No. I, I genuinely thought you were going to say, because like, David Moyes looks like a hamster. But I always was tempted like... to bring in a segment like, which manager would have what animal? I mean, that can be saved for another time, because we'd be here... Thinking I've got an instant one that just comes up. Sean Dosh is definitely having a Rottweiler. Yeah, the most British pet you can think of. Or a bulldog. He's having one of the rough ones, isn't he? Mm. Proper scruff of the neck type. Oh, he would have the nicest one. Probably Pep. Probably be very, like a glamorised dog, like something like Paris Hilton, how Paris Hilton treats her dogs. Do you think Pep Guardiola is bringing out a Chihuahua? No, it wouldn't be a chihuahua. It'd be something like powerful and daunting. But Those tiny little live... like Pomeranians. <laughs> it'd live a very lavish lifestyle, to say the least. You'd still get pepped like, on like, talking to it. Yo, you do this right. You do it like this. <laughs> Give you tactical much... advice on how where to go to the toilet. Just, no, yeah. there. You go there. Pep, how much do you love your dog? More than you believe. More than you believe. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's going to be the end of this week's podcast as we end it. Oh, sorry, how have we ended it like this? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with us two, I never know. Uh, we'll be back at the start of next week to wrap up all the weekend's action and talking points and discuss Alex Neal's first game in charge of Sunderland as... Wait, 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 we talk League One. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. And maybe Steve Bruce if can Roy get. Roy Kane was in charge, maybe. Yeah, and maybe Steve Bruce can get his first points as West Brom manager this weekend. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, until then, make sure you like, comment and subscribe and follow us on Twitter, like I said at the start. And until next week, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon. <laughs>